welcome to the 15th episode of the Powerless Podcast. This week, I am talking to Billy Z, who is the vocalist of the post-hardcore band Amora out of Pennsylvania. Uh, we talk about Billy is starting the interest of this kind of music, uh, where it all came from, um, as well as the start of their band. Uh, we, we get into the weeds a bit of some of the different things that Billy does in the music industry, some of the different jobs he does when it comes to the live music scene in his area, um, and, and different bookings, different, different ventures in that regard, the bands, um, different shows, what it's been like to play it like an emo night and things like that, as opposed to a typical show and the pros and cons of that. Um, and we also get into, talking a bit about one or two of their songs off of their latest CP that we, we dive into. Um, we talk about my, my favorite song two of my favorite songs from, from their latest CP. Um, one of them is stay pony golden boy. We talk about the lyrics a lot in that one. We had kind of decided ahead of time that we would do a deep dive on that one. Cause it, um, is very pertinent to people that are trying to, um, just, uh, just make it with their dreams and music and, and make the music about the music and, and, some ways that that is difficult in this day and age when it comes to being a band or being an artist in any way. Um, and we also talk a little bit about the song Dollar Store Christ, as well as just kind of talking an array of different things from the full album release they did in the past um, to this EP. It's kind of what's going on with the band in the future. So I really appreciate that Billy came on with me to do this. Um, again, if you want to, if you want to reach, uh, reach Amora, they are A M zero R A P A on also show media. You can find them on Instagram. Uh, they don't really use Twitter too much, but they do have a Twitter and Bandcamp as well. You can find me at the powerless pod on all social media. You can email me at the powerless pod at gmail.com. Um, if you want to be on the show, if you're an artist, um, uh, whether it's a musician, songwriter, um, could branch out even from there if you do graphic design for bands or if you do anything in that vein as well. Um, and also if you are interested in politics and social issues, that is uh, some of what we talk about on this podcast as well. The previous episode I put out last week was with my good friend Shabir Rizvi. Uh, we talk about his trip to Iran. We talk about um, kind of social political issues involving Iran in relation to the United States and sanctions and propaganda and all those kinds of things. Um, as well as an anti-war movement. We've had a couple of different episodes in that vein as well. So um, again, if you're into political social issues, if you're into, uh, if you're, if you're anywhere in the music industry or in a band, uh, please reach out if you want to be on the show. We have a couple of really good bands coming up in the future here. We've got uh, Guardrail was recorded. Kevin Andrew from Guardrail will be on um, the next episode after this. Also just recorded with a great Chicago band called okay cool we get into a bit of their upcoming ep that'll be out in a couple of weeks as well there's a couple of their really cool guests that are being recorded this week and next week and some more booked for the future so again i really hope you guys appreciate this episode with billy um keep an eye out for the other episodes that'll be coming in the future and uh i'll try to keep this this intro as short as i can so here is billy z from amora on the powerless podcast It's nice to talk to you. I'm talking to Billy Z today from from uh, from. You're from Philly, right? That's where that's where you're out from. Yeah, right? like right outside of Philly, like in the in the suburbs. Cool. It's not cool. really right. proper. It's like I grew up in Doylestown. Now I live in Sellersville. 
I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So, so yeah. for, for people out of town like me, it's Philly ish, right? Yeah. Philly ish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, go ahead and tell the people, I know you've got a few different things. We have, obviously you've got your, your band you're also you yeah. got a, a couple of other, uh, jobs here that are kind of affiliated with the music industry. Yeah. So before, before I accidentally miss something, why don't you, mm. why don't you just go ahead and list, um, wh- what you do in your band, yeah. what your band name is and, and, and kind of the, the different roles you have, uh, in live music. Yeah, so um, my name is Billy. My last name is Z. That is my actual real last name. I'm not joking about that. (laughs) Uh, I sing in a band called Amora. We are currently signed to Heading East Records. Um, I work at... Sorry, I'm like trying to get into like the the podcast. I haven't done one of these in a while. Um, I'm a house manager and a booking agent at a venue called Sellersville Theater. It is a 325 cap seated theater in um, Sellersville, PA. If I haven't said Sellersville enough already in the last like minute, <laughs> um, beautiful venue. I work with bands all day, so when I house manage, it's kind of like being a promoter rep. Where uh, you're getting the bands in, you're getting their green room set up, you're working with the bands all day, you're getting them on stage, you're getting them paid, like you're making sure they're having a good time, and you're make, you're making sure the show's happening. And when I do booking, I work with a uh, I'm the support booking agent, so I get like a lot of like smaller acts on bigger shows. Um, and then when on the side, like I am an independent show promoter. Uh, I one one of them being like one of the venues is Sellersville Theater. I just had one of my first full like not just support but full show shows there. But I also book at the Yard in Ambler, Pennsylvania. It's a warehouse skate park, and I'm starting to book at Maxwell's on Main Street, aka Mom's and Doyle's Sound, which is like a craft beer bar. And honestly, if uh, any place comes up that has the opportunity, like it, I can make something work there. That's that's yeah. So that's like full tilt in the uh, in the music industry yeah. and like every on the ground thing you can think of, right? Yeah. So that's 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 great. So um, we'll get into all that because I think there's a few things that have come up recently that'd be kind of cool to get um the opinion of from somebody that's both like in a band yeah. and kind of works in a venue and different things like that. Yeah. Um. But I think we should start off obviously with your band. You know, you're the vocalist in this post-hardcore band Amora that that uh, I've I when you, when uh, I kind of talk when I had heard one or two of your songs, I think th- through a music group that that we were both in. But Lee Singer um, Syndrome, baby. Yeah, Lee, Lee, Lee Singer Syndrome. <laughs> oh, um, Access Club. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, um, and so, so, uh, I, I had heard a few songs and, 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 and liked it, you know, but like, as, as things go, like things get lost in the noise mm-hmm. and I probably didn't check out the whole catalog, but when, when you and I talked a bit, I listened to it and, you know, what struck me about your guys' music is like, it obviously like, it's not like it sounds it doesn't sound like you guys are like from a different time that like you're not in the current stage as far as production goes or lyrical content or things you guys work on but Mm. you guys have a very like classic post-hardcore sound where i feel like a lot of bands now yeah um which i think is cool because i think a lot of bands now even bands that i really like and like my own music that i write in my spare time we go to like the the lowest tunings possible Mm. (laughs) right you go to like throwing in as many like you know a lot of bands now kind of do a lot of the new metal influence like samples and stuff yeah. like that in music which i i love don't get me They're wrong same here i'm a huge was, i'm a huge glass shell fan like you know i love stuff yeah. like that yeah yeah but but it was, it was cool to to listen through especially your guys's latest ep um yeah. cutting teeth um and kind of hear you know a, a band i mean i'm saying new you're not new like at least from your bios you've been around since 2014 um but uh but you guys have a very like classic like i think of like 70s 
some of those like um probably some bands that, that you're 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 a big fan of too like some of those classic like victory records or or I got like a tattoo on my wrist yeah yeah okay exactly yeah yeah like yeah. victory records kind of like post hardcore bands when that scene really blew up or like mm. you know obviously with the lead singer syndrome stuff you and i both have like silver scene that influences like some of the music that we oh, listen dude, for to. sure yeah silver scene um, is like one of our favorite bands of like you know like uh, tristan and i like our tristan's our guitar player and vocalist like him and i have been friends since we were like 14 and uh silver scene was one of the bands like we bonded over yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so like you can really hear that in the music in a cool way that like it's yeah. not like you're ripping any of that old sound off but there's like more of like more of that influence in it than i think um a lot of other bands you know, currently still kind of on the, the um, up and coming level are. So, yeah. so kind of starting back with you guys, and then we'll get into the, the newest music. You, you gave me the lyrics to one of the songs. I think it would be cool to go through and yeah. talk about the music industry a bit and all that kind of stuff. But um, when did, uh, when did this band actually start for you? And also even going back before that, um, I know I'm kind of going around here a little bit, but what, 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 uh, what first got you started? Like, doing music getting into this kind of alternative post-hardcore you mm. know scene whatever the hell people call it um music growing up or, or things of that nature all right so so we're starting with like getting into the music itself yeah. okay yeah um you know it's funny man i I'm trying to think i would i didn't like this type of music at first honestly like i thought it was like weird i didn't really get it and I think, I mean, that's the, like the beauty of like gateway bands is like, you know, they, they get you into it and then you can't get out. Right. Um, so a long time ago, I think really enough, one vague memory I have, and I don't know how I ended up on it, but it was like when I was starting to like figure out music, like I was in like fifth grade and uh, my twin brother and I shared a room and we had this super small TV and I think he was asleep. I'm pretty sure he was asleep. It was a school night. And I, um... I put on MTV two headbangers ball. Like I was just flipping through channels. And I think I remember I saw like the double Prada in there and like someone else. But what stuck with me was the writing on the walls under a video for whatever right. reason. Oh, yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And like, for whatever reason, like I was just like starting to understand it. Like the, you know, cause the topic of emo kids was like coming up and like, uh, you know, you're only a kid. You're you're in fifth grade, so people are like making fun of emo or like uh, you know whatever jokes they had about it, and you never really like took the time to, like listen and understand it. And you're like, wow, wait, wow, this is like really cool. I kind of like this. And that video is one of the best videos of all time. Sadly, though, after that time, I you know we didn't have the internet. I don't. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have a laptop. Like you know, we didn't have internet, so I forgot about that video for years. And um, then I was on MySpace and. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember how this totally happened. And I'm about to tell you like two different things that kind of coincide with each other. I yeah. just forget where in the timeline they like they land. But I met a kid who was in a local band. I didn't even know that like, local bands existed. And uh we, you know, me and him talked and ended up becoming like really good friends. And he was like maybe like 10 minutes from me. And like he would always send me like it was funny, man. He he would send me bands and like I'll be like I don't know if I fuck with this man. Like I don't know if I I, I don't know because it would all be like deathcore bands. And then he sends me. Oh yeah. I was looking at. Yeah, so I looked up a band he sent me and I it was like Oasis. I'm like, oh, this is sick. He's like, no, dude, not Oasis. Born of Osiris. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Oasis is still cool. But 
you know, then I started like, uh, you know, that kid was uh, getting me into like deathcore and like really heavy shit. And like, I think some of those bands included like Parkway Drive, um, Asking Alexandria. I will say those first two albums are rippers. I will say. I think, um, I think I was the same boat. I was like in high school when that one came out and it was a big one for me. I, 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 I sometimes cringe at that idea, but it's like, yeah. no, nah, man, it's fine. It got a lot of us into that kind of music, you know? Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, dude. Like those bands are so good. I was listening to fucking Double Wars Prada to like their new stuff. And I'm like, dude, this is so, it's so good. Like I love like, so like those bands like come up and not be held to nostalgia. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. And he was just getting me like Amir was another one for whatever reason. I'm a huge Amir fan. <laughs> like always thought they were like heavy as shit. Um Yeah. Yeah. And then um yeah, like slowly and surely I just started meeting people and started going to shows and started just like uh experiencing that in like the local scene. Like Doylestown is is huge for um balance composures from Doylestown. Like I went to the same high school as them. Um, like love that super, band. Yeah, Super Heavens also from the area. Like, there's a lot of like Pink's from the area. There's a lot of bands that are like from our area. And like, but like th- growing up, like Balance and Composure was like, if you know, you know. And because they weren't big mm-hmm. at the time, even when I was like, I was like in a uh, eighth grade. I think I just finished like shoveling driveways with my with my friends, <laughs> and I hit up I hit up their Facebook uh, asking to buy a shirt. And we didn't have big cartel or anything back then. So uh, John Simmons gave me his number. They drove to my house like john and eric drove to my house in the most like crapped out like toyota camry ever and then we talked about holocong middle school where we both went like we all went to and they sold me a shirt <laughs> I thought that was that cool so, so like yeah at, at like 14 15 you get a little bit of a a, a a look into like what being in a band is actually like yeah <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah. and that was like only boundaries just came out like no one knew who they were like that was like 2007 i think so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that's I mean, pretty far back between yeah. that just like going to shows i think i saw like uh i had some i think the done i think the moment that did it for me though like I, w- I went to a local show here i went to a local show there um i uh a couple of my friends invited me to go see it was like um what was it okay actually a promoter for rev gen like the 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 you know the festival i think you might know the festival mm-hmm. it's like a christian yeah. metal festival uh i was like mm-hmm. driving around doyle so i'm giving out free tickets for like the day before because i don't think it was selling well and i was trying to get, go my mom wouldn't let me and i was like dang and then like two of my friends were like hey dude we're going to the show in like new jersey do you want to go i'm like yes please and i think like i didn't know like what to expect because like in my mind i'm like oh my god oh my god we're going to go to like an arena we're gonna it's gonna be like seated it's gonna be huge Meanwhile, we're pulling up to this bar called uh, Hangar 84 in Violent, New Jersey, and the tour is uh, We Came As Romans headlining. It's We Car, In Fear and Faith, uh, fucking Upon a Burning Body, Confide and Abandon All Ships in, the, in like yeah. a small 200-cap bar, and there was like stage <laughs> diving and all this shit, and it was sold out. And like, dude, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And uh, like, I... I was trying to get a shirt signed by everybody in the band and I feel bad. Cause like I would go up to some of the guys and be like, Hey, yo, are you in this band? Like sign this. And like, it would be the wrong band, you know, it was an <laughs> yeah. shirt, but they were all cool about it. And, uh, I bumped into the, I bumped into the venue owner thinking he was in one of the bands and he's like, no, I'm not in the vans. I own the venue, but here I'll take you backstage. <laughs> and like the backstage area was like a parking lot. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Yep. Like yeah. that reminds me, um, I've, I've said this on this podcast, I think with, uh, the first episode I did, but similar thing for me where like, I, I kind of was at local shows here and there or whatever, but the first, um, metalcore scene, whatever show I went to that was like kind of notarized bands. It was in like this beat up venue that got shut down and like, 
everything else in Juliet, Illinois. Yeah. And the, the, the lineup was we, we came as Romans headlining right before it was before to plant a seed came out. Yeah. And then, but the, the show went like the opener was Broadway. Then it was a mice <laughs> and men. Then a mice and men. Then I see stars. That's crazy. And Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, no, then we came as Romans and then headlining was Icy Stars. Like it was like a really weird time, you That's know, so like sick, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and the same kind of thing where I was like I you know, my friend was bringing me to this place. I'm like, "Oh, like are we going to be at this big venue cuz like the only other place I'd been to was like the Chicago Amphitheater for some yeah. pop group or something, right?" And and then like no, there's like people getting nosebleeds in the middle <laughs> in the middle of the show from mosh pits and like yeah. the band's just like hanging out like you said like by the van right before they go to White castle or something right yeah. like it, it, but in the in a way it's like a cooler experience you know it kind of gets you into it right yeah. like it really pulls you in right yeah to me like that's what made it like real it was like the fact that like you're seeing like you know because like i growing up like before i really figured out I really wanted to do music like, I, I was like struggling to figure out what i wanted to do and when you see you like being in that room i felt like i felt so at home i felt so good i just played my first show around that time too and there were some people from that show that were there and like just knowing like I'm in a room and like there's people doing this for a living and stuff. I was like, I can do this shit, too. And that's kind of what led me to do it. And oh, that being yeah. said, now I know how I got into like playing was like all my friends play guitar and they all had like Epiphone Les Pauls, Epiphone SGs, like stuff like that. And I was grounded from AIM, like AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> and I was like, screw that. And I go on and I put on like the radio and like. This one song, it was like Life is Beautiful by 6 a.m. Like N- Nikki Six's side project was on. I'm like, dude, this song rips. And then like I watched the video and I see him with the Thunderbird bass. And I'm like, I want that. <laughs> and yeah. I actually do have one. I, I was playing bass for a while, but I wasn't really like the best. And I could have probably taken lessons, but I couldn't afford them and all that stuff. So, uh, right. Yeah. And then one day, I don't know, vocals kind of just happened where like I was like, you know, this could be kind of cool. And then a friend's mm-hmm. man asked me to do a guest spot with them at a show. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the, it's so funny how that happens for so many people in this kind of music, too, where like everybody starts doing we've probably heard both heard this on another podcast, too, before. But like everybody starts doing something else. And then you just kind of find yourself yeah. doing the vocals and then you figure out you're pretty good at it right like or like yeah. it really makes sense for you to do that kind of aspect of the music. So that's sick, though. So do you still have the Thunderbird bass? I still have it, yeah. That thing awesome, has memories. Awesome. I thought about getting rid of it because it kind of just sits there and it needs a lot of work. And I just I haven't picked up bass guitar in a while, so. But I don't know. I might repurpose it. You know, it's it's yeah. a lot of history for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Um, so that's sick. So that's kind of how you got going with your first shows, kind of playing, and then you know going to that first concert and everything else. Yeah. When did uh what when when was that in relation to? Because your band started in around 2014. So was that like was that a couple years before? I want to say like 2011. Started? I want to say like okay. 2010 to, or anywhere from 2009 to 2011. Cause like, okay, sorry. You're making me, I'm like going through all these memories. I'm starting to piece them it's together. Good, I gotta have like good. a timeline it's for this, but it's okay to be all over the place. It doesn't matter. Yeah, in 2009 <laughs> though, I did like my first like concert, I guess like, okay. So we car came right after it, but my first concert was like Bayside and Hawthorne Heights on the zoomies couch. were playing at the mall down the street for me and like in the parking lot. Classic. And that was cool. Awesome. And, yeah. um, so that was 2009. And then I was seeing, I saw, uh, you know, then I saw the We Car show and then I saw another show and I was like 2009, 2010 ish. And so I started just going to shows like a little by little and having friends invite me. And then, uh, then, uh, Amora started 
around 20, yeah, 2014. And this was after like me and uh, Tristan, who like who I mentioned earlier, like we were trying so hard to like make bands with people and they weren't sticking. And, uh, you know, you, we just kept trying and we pretty much like, I think, I think this is going into your next question. Like how did the band really begin? Um, we, I, uh, da, 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 our, uh, this kid came through our, I, I worked at Wendy's funny shit. I worked at Wendy's talk about a couple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was in the drive through window and a kid comes through with a warp tour shirt on. And I compliment it. And, uh, cause you know, there's only so much it's us versus them. Like there's only so much of us. Uh, and he found me through a mutual friend and hit me up and wanted to start a band. And I was original, our original guitar player, Tyler. And, uh, he had our drummer, he had a drummer, which is a uh, Brian, our, our drummer now. And, mm-hmm. He's like, yo, we want to do like this type of style. And Tristan was always more of like the pop punk kid. I was always more of like the heavy melodic hardcore, deathcore, like emo, like, you know, like whatever. Like, uh, but we always had like bands that were like, we, you know, were the same on. And we like, we made a joke, like, you know, it'd be cool if we like did like two bands and like we would tour together and do this stuff. And then, uh, I don't know, they were like talking about making plans, like right there on the spot, like, hey, we want to meet in like Doyle Sound at your Wendy's. Uh, just because we're all local, like ASAP, and I was like, "Huh?" And Tristan's like, "Yo, throw me in this, man! I let, I want I want a part of this too." We all, me, Tristan, Tyler, and uh, Brian all met up, and um, it, it was the funniest thing. Like, I don't know these guys at all. <laughs> <laughs> right, Brian, right. Brian looks at all of us, and he he's like, "Are y'all any good?" <laughs> <laughs> right that's the next question right <laughs> yeah exactly and uh yeah then we uh we start we decided to start the band from there we had a practice and we had another bass player and uh he like we were we were trying to him out and like he was it, alex tebow's the man i love him um shout out to him if he hears us uh but he just had so much going on at the time and we were kind of like all right what you need someone that has like a little less on their plate and we were we were practicing and then uh nick came into the picture nick like sent nick hit me up on facebook and i from his profile picture like he had like how do i do it like this bowl cut like this well, yep 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 and, like i couldn't tell who he was i'm like oh man this guy's scary but you know he wants to be in it so let's do it and then he shows up like oh we met at a show before right and right. uh then nick got into the band and uh you know same thing happened to him are you any good and then as as time has gone on uh tyler left the band and then uh, we got chris in the band and Chris plays guitar, um, does vocals. Actually, everybody does vocals at some point. So if I if I say they just do an instrument, everybody has done vocals at some point in this band. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we Chris played in like a bunch of like uh, bands like that we would play with, and like we start to get you know we got like this is like years ahead. Like this is I want to say like twenty eighteen nineteen ish because like for a while we were just a four piece, and uh, uh, we were starting to demo our record uh martyr and um i think actually no we were starting recording we got like the first mixes back and uh chris or tristan and nick were like hey we're gonna listen to mixes in the car and we want to join and chris like yeah sure i'll join and um chris like her i think uh they played them how blue the ocean is like the first mix of it and chris was like <laughs> damn like this is like shit i really want to play and let me tell you this i love chris and chris loves us like we're all homies Chris did not like our band for a bit. He did not like our band musically, you know, because like our first, like, w- you know, our first like EP and shit, we had no idea what we were doing. So uh, like, it's, that's how it's, it goes, right? Yeah. yeah. And like, it's nothing, it's nothing on like Dylan on, on like our, our production guy, Dylan, who did it. Cause like Dylan's phenomenal. He works for like, Hey, five, six now and stuff. But like, 
<laughs> we just had no idea what we were doing. We didn't record to a metronome. We, I think we were one of the first records he even recorded. And we right. were just trying to go, for whatever reason, like he showed me, I don't, even, I don't know if you know the band Seisha. Like he showed me Seisha like yeah. right before us recording. I love that band now. I'm like, you know, it's like, oh, you got to go for this raw screamo type sound. And it worked in ways. And in other ways, we look back, we're like, Egh. You know, it's so it's yeah, um, right, right, right. And like that's the thing, we we started becoming this live band. I was always like cool, play with fun to see and like all that, but our music on the studio just sucked. <laughs> and yeah, you know, that's how Christian kind of felt about us was like, ah, yeah. you know, like they're cool, like they, they hustle, they book shows, they do this, but their music sucks. And then like so getting that getting that validation from Chris about how blue and him being like, damn, dude, like I want to play this stuff really hard. Like, and it's like, do you want to? And right. we got to play at Siren Records in Doylestown. It was in 2017. Yeah, okay, so it was 2017. And he kind of didn't really join join the band until 2018. And uh, we all huddled in a group. Then we, like, looked, like, it was like, kind of like, it was like, we're all huddling. And we, like, look at him. And we're all huddling, huddling again. And then Brian walks his way up to Chris. And he's like, so, you any good? <laughs> <laughs> that's all yeah. that matters, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah that's kind of. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of how it went. Uh, we had our we had our first practice. Like when we rewinding, we had like a practice, and then we had another practice. We wrote uh, "Hollow Bastion," and then um, I was really scared of Brian at the time, even though like I'm not scared of him now. I love him, but he's like, I want three shows by the end of the summer, and it was June, and I got his three shows in August. <laughs> nice. Hey, that's good though, man. That's hustle right there, right? Yeah. Like that's what you got to do when you're first starting off. Even like, regard. I'm sure you guys were. I'm sure you guys were were awesome live. But like, even regardless of how good you are when you're first starting off, part of the biggest yeah thing, in my opinion, anyway, like is is just like setting those things for yourself like making oh. yourself go out there making yeah, your, you know what i mean like because that's what gets you like gets you the passion and gets you like improving because nothing makes you yeah. improve better than your first couple of shows and everything else too right so that's 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 the way to go yeah um so so yeah so so you started off the the band started that way kind of coming in and out with some some members as, as most bands do right it's super rare that like that you hear of some of your favorite bands and like they're like yeah we've all literally been together since like yeah, since we were freshmen in high school or something, that's just not how it goes, right? Oh yeah, but, no, for sure. But um, but um, kind of going forward from that, yeah. So you you referenced your your first EP, right? Which came out. It was in lieu of, right? Came out in 2016. Um, Wait, was it 2016? I think it might have been. I, I'm just looking at Spotify. Okay. I'm just going off of Spotify. Okay, it came on Spotify later because I didn't know how to do that. So it was originally oh. March 2015. <laughs> that that's when that came out. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So, so 2015, your first EP comes out. Yeah. Um, is that the one you were talking about? That's like, that was recorded in that way that you're talking about. No metronome, all that kind of stuff. Or was it a little, Correct. yeah, yeah. I'll say, Hey, Hey, but you know what? You got to start. So, and, and you know what? Like there's some bands that have done that to your guys' credit a little bit. Um, mm. you guys were talking about the more raw sound, but I think it was, was it, was it knocked loose that like, one of their records they put out not that long ago, like we're talking a couple of years ago, like 2018, 2019, they recorded, I heard them on a podcast. They recorded without a metronome. And I was like, one, that seems that insane. I, it might've been, I, think I don't was remember which one it was, but like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, that is just like absolutely wild to me that in this day and age, a band would still choose like, ah, screw it. No metronome. We're just going to go raw, but it worked for them, you know? Yeah. So, so it is what it is. Right. But, um, you know, you had, you had your single martyr, you had, you had how blue, like you referenced, that was your first song that kind of like got, got your newest member into the band and really yeah. kind of showcased what you guys wanted to do. Um, had another single after that. And then 
um, you had a, a full length album, right? In 2018, yep. Martyr that you were referencing, yeah. right? So, um, one, like for a local band putting out a full record, like around that time, that's a pretty daunting task. Did you go to that same I, low key? Did you, I, yeah, go ahead. No, you, you finished the question. <laughs> um, no, just like what, what kind of, you know, that early on. Cause like, I've always, you know, I was in music projects off and on mm-hmm. and, and, you know, played in a lot of bands and put out a lot of music and stuff, but I never got to do a, a full length record like that, that I really wanted to when I was in every local band. Right. Yeah. But like, I think a lot of people kind of shy away from it for one, the money. Right. And two, like you're, you're kind of cutting your teeth, not to, not to do a pun here, but you're cutting your teeth in the, in the, in, in, in music. And it's yeah. hard to get, I think people when you're an up and coming band to check out, even in 2018, even more so now, right. With the people's attention spans and stuff yeah. to check out 12 songs from a band they haven't heard of before. Right. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. so, um, what was, what was kind of the, the thought behind that? And, and like, and, and did you guys kind of get out of it? What you, what you wanted to, when you put that record out? Danny, that's a, that's an amazing question. Um, so I think we were just trying to figure out where to go because like, you know, you see bands like they release EPs and there was like a split EP snuck in there. Uh, <laughs> the split isn't like complete on Spotify. Cause it's split between like both of our like uh, Spotify's, but it was like us and a band called above the Mendoza. And we had like, like father, like son and gallows run. And those were the songs on there. And then we recorded them for that album. And I think at right. that time, like when we did the in lieu of release show, we played, we played like father and gallows and those songs aren't even out yet. And they wouldn't be out for a while. So that being said, um, I guess we were just like looking at the next thing to do and like us growing up, like I feel like when you start a band at kind of like such an early age, you're doing what, what everybody's doing around you and not really like, cause like now we're in a whole different world of like music and like you said, attention spans and all that. But to us, it was like, all right, put out an EP, put out a full length. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like where that came from. We were just always like writing songs. Um, it's, it's weird. It, we're, we're a funny band. Sometimes we'll put out something and like, when we're doing the release show for it, we'll play like new music that isn't even out yet. <laughs> Just yeah, hey. we're, yeah, we're always writing, and you know, I'll, I'll say this: like, I in our band, like, and from my perspective, we have some of the best instrumental writers ever, and that's because I love all these guys dearly, and they're, they're talented as shit. And so it's always like kind of like there's always kind of something like pumping out, or like we're always like trying to like, all right, let's write some new stuff, even if we just put out stuff like recently. Um, so right. that's kind of where it started coming from. We had all these songs we were just writing and then it just kind of accumulated into a full length. And, uh, then we recorded it and like, just put it out. And, um, it was, it was cool. Uh, you know, like we, don't, I still remember our album release show for it. Like we packed out this fucking Legion hall, like in Lansdale. And I just remember like we had lights, we had an intro like the intro was like if you listen to the album in full at the end of I Fell Haunted, it's uh, the beginning of Goodnight Backwards. So it loops <laughs> into itself. And we had that. Awesome. We had the clip of that and it was extended and um, it was extended and we introed with that. And like we played the album in full and then like one of our old songs like Hollow Bastion. And that was like the whole set. And then we, we, I remember the end of the set, like we were ending and people actually chanted one more song. Like it was an actual, like actual, actual encore. And even like the beginning of that show, when we played good night and everybody's singing along to the words and that, that was the coolest shit. Like that was the coolest thing was everybody was singing along to things. And that album started getting us on like different shows, better shows. It got us like, start like touring here and there. And it was like really cool. And it felt good to, um, 
it, it felt good to have that, you know, it felt good to have something. Yeah. Now the cons of it, I will say is like, I, you know, looking back, like, I think we could have maybe done like a couple EPs. Cause like one band I think of constantly is like a band that we constantly like a band that we know. And like that we've grown with is Kawanashi who are on equal vision records. You probably know him now. And like mm-hmm. Kawanashi was like dropping like EP and EP and EP. And like, you know, you were seeing like how like, they would drop like a few new songs and it would just like, you know, grow and grow and grow. And then he did a full length. And, you know, that's my one. Sometimes I look back and I kind of wish we went like that route a little bit. Um, and, you know, trying to have people like listen to a whole record is, is kind of hard in this day and age, you know, it's, it's a very single dominated like industry and you have to be like quick, catchy and all that. So sometimes like putting your all, like all your thought, all your everything into something, it can work, but you know, you just as it is important to write really good songs and to have really good everything, the the thing that is equal to none the same is putting it out, how you're promoting it, and what's right. next. And which, yeah, yeah. And I think I think to, to to that point though I think it's tough and like obviously you work on other sides of of music so you know you you know those things especially yeah. now obviously and everything else but like it's tough I think for for people in bands especially in music like this that's so like you know the word emo comes from being you know yeah. really making really emotional music right oh, absolutely. so you're like you're thinking of it from like a super art perspective which is a good thing like i think people like that that's why people are drawn to this kind of music but then like you said like there's this whole other aspect to it that whether you want to call it like promotional business side whatever like you do have to think about that if you want your music to go anywhere right and like as much as like in and of itself the music should be the music like you know you want people to hear it right like that that's that you want as many people to hear it as possible so there's such that dichotomy Mm. in this kind of realm of music especially now like we've said a couple of times where it's like i don't know you might want to make a full record that has a whole mood to it and a whole like aesthetic to it even if it's not like a you know, it doesn't have to be like a, um, a concept record or something, yeah. but like, you know, you want to put out a full length cause your favorite bands put out full lengths exactly. and like you love every track on it and you love the ebb and flow, but then you're like, Oh wait, like the average person has like a, <laughs> has like an attention span of a newt. Right. So yeah. it's like, it's so hard to kind of, to balance those things, but it sounds like it still went pretty well for you guys overall that you got I think a it lot did. of, you know, like, you know, I don't regret it. I mean, like, I mean, I, okay. I know I totally just said the word, like, you know, like <laughs> some things I wish we could have done and like regret and all yeah. that, but like, in a, in a sense, though, like, it's a great record. I really like it, and I'm happy that it happened, and I'm happy that we did that, and I'm happy that we get to look back on that, and it's, like, a whole, you know, it's a whole experience. The whole, you know, like, it's learning. It's it's learning. It's seeing what works, what doesn't work, what to improve on, and, you know, what to try different. And, right, yeah, that, uh you know, that record holds some really fond memories. And I felt like that was a really cool, like representation of us at that time for sure. Cause we went from doing in lieu of and like wrong from right. And just, you know, and this was like a step up from that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, it, it, it doesn't at the end of the day, like to a certain extent, obviously those rollout things matter, but like if you make good music, yeah. like, and you're playing shows and you're promoting it in whatever way you do, like mm. if you make a song that somebody connects to, you make a song, somebody connects to, if you put out a full length and people really like it, that's great. Who gives a shit at the end of the day? You know, I think sometimes, yeah. um, and we'll, you know, we'll get, obviously what I really want to talk about is your newest record and, 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 and stuff like that, or your newest EP, I mean, and stuff like that as well. But yeah. like, you know, like if, if, uh, 
if you if you put something out and and you love it like that's all that really fucking matters right mm-hmm. like the rest of it will fall into place if it's like you're 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 making music genuinely and you you like and 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 it just i don't know it just comes from that place right like i know that sounds sometimes i feel like i sound a little hoity-toity when i say shit like that but you know what i mean like like, it's totally like that record was such a genuine from the heart record and uh every song has like there's a song for everybody on there there's so many different vibes there's so many different sounds there's so many different (laughs) like cool little things here and there and uh I I like it, you know, like it's a very expansive experience. And, you know, sometimes you don't have that in this day and age, you know, we didn't write that thinking like, oh, we're going to make a single out of this one. We're going to do like X, Y, and Z. And maybe we should have, but it was cool to like write that and bring it all together and just work on it and just have this beautiful artistic vision, like come out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. So, so, so going from that, I know with this latest EP you guys put out in 2022 cutting teeth, um, that's when you started working with, uh, I can never say his last name, but Fred, um, Fred, which for anybody that doesn't know color, Fred X taking back Sunday. Um, he's also, he's also the one who, who owns, who Heading owns East. the record label that yep. you're on, right? Heading East. So what was the process with getting, you know, getting connected with him? Cause obviously like, that's a, that's a leg up as far as just like notoriety and, 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 and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So, so what, what came, what, what, uh, where did that come from? And then let's get into the EP a little bit. You see, Brandon, that's a great question. I love it. I yeah, love this. Yeah. Guy. So Chris started getting lessons from Fred. I think he saw Fred advertising like online about guitar lessons and Chris started getting lessons from like guitar lessons from Fred and they were always like talking and Fred's kind of local to us, which, you know, surprising. I didn't, I didn't realize he was like that local to us without me putting out a city out there. All you, you know, crazy yeah. people that want your louder now <laughs> sign and all that. No, I'm joking. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, and they would just always like kind of get together and um, they were talking about like our band and Fred was checking us out and he liked us and he was saying like, Hey, maybe we could do a record together. Um, and then we played chameleon club in Lancaster. We were playing chameleon club in Lancaster with actor observer who we're actually doing a couple shows the next week. They're a good friend That's of ours sick. from Boston and uh, a couple other bands are on that show. And uh chameleon club I don't, you're from illinois i don't think you yeah I, well but i i am familiar with chameleon club i've, okay. I've, had, I've heard it reference from people in pennsylvania yeah. and stuff like that so before. Like yeah. one big room right and then like below it there's two smaller rooms and we were in this mm-hmm. room i think i think integrity was in the room above us i think integrity oh, was sick. playing the main room and i'm pretty sure it was i think it was cave in cave in or someone was mm-hmm. playing next door to us and like everybody in the music industry was like cave in <laughs> yeah right we were playing like 25 people i had a migraine playing so like i had to like ice i was icing my fucking head and um fred was going to cave in so i uh i heard that he was gonna possibly hop over and watch our set there's like a door in the middle of both rooms that you can kind of just you know walk over and it was funny it was right after i listened to uh shane's episode with him and i saw I, i noticed like his figure and uh, I was, dude, I was icing my head. I'm having the worst performance ever. And I look up and I just see like a shadowy figure and I see the hair and I'm like, oh, shit, that's Freddy's He's looking right at me. And <laughs> I was nervous. I mean, like we sold it good. I just, dude, I was in the worst pain. Like I get rent 
I have got, I don't know, I'll get random migraines sometimes. Like, it's like a once in like every like six month thing, but like it happens and it sucks because it's like, you know, it's, it's vocals. It takes a lot out of you. Right. Then, mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, after the show, uh, Fred came up and talked to me and I was like, hey, uh, I listened to your episode with Shane and like, I really like this and this and this. And we ended up having a genuine conversation about it. And we, you know, we met from there. And um, I'm trying to think of what else really kind of conspired that night, but we all clicked. You know, we all really clicked with Fred and, he wanted to take us under his wing and we started writing cutting teeth and I think cutting teeth. Yeah. Cutting teeth took like a while. Like it's, it's weird. Now that the songs are out, I don't even remember like writing them a little bit. Like <laughs> I remember like two moments of writing those songs. And, like that's, it's been so long. And, mm-hmm. but Fred wanted to take the reins on it and he, we let him and he did an amazing job. It was one of the cool experiences of my life. Like we got to use a lot of the same, like taking back Sunday guitars and amps and like, Oh, that's sick. Yeah. And, and like, I thought that was like really cool. Uh, it was like the most professional experience that we ever had. And, you know, he honestly became like a six member and just like, you know, like just included himself and yeah, it was, um, it was wonderful, you know, and we talk all the time still to this day. Like, I'm happy to have him like in our camp and like, I'm happy to like, you know, feel one with him. And I remember, uh, we were, we were finishing up the record. I think it was the last day we recorded and, um, okay. You know, what's funny. All right, wait, rewinding. I now remember writing all of cutting teeth because we did it in a cabin for whatever reason. I was thinking of Tristan's basement. We used to practice in. Because I remember like a few moments from that. Then I remember actually doing it at the cabin. That just hit me. So someone in my band is listening to this. So I'm calling myself out on that before they do. <laughs> that's some real. That's some real band stuff right there. You know, like yeah. getting to go in a cabin and write some stuff out. That's, yeah, that's, that's what 2020 did right to there. us, man. Uh, Tristan's yeah, dad oh, was yeah. the cabin in the middle of the Poconos, and it's the most tiniest thing in the world with like a standalone garage kind of thing. And uh, awesome. yeah, we wrote we wrote the EP in there um i mean we we had skeletons of like songs and we just brought them in there like really fully flush out and uh yeah no that was it was it was a great time um it's all bear for my first time (laughs) like yeah oh really no shit that's awesome yeah we were joking (laughs) that we were gonna see a bear and then like i forget someone was like outside comes like yo there's a bear outside and we all (laughs) went out and like this thing was like in between like being a cub and like an actual adult bear. And like, you could tell this bear was scared as shit. And we just like, we're like, yo, and we're like, I felt so bad. We were like Instagram filming and stuff. And then we we're like, all right, we should probably go again. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah. And then um, at the last day of recording, Fred was talking about shipping, uh, shopping us out to a few labels. Uh, I don't want to really name drop them, but yeah, some pretty cool, uh, notable stuff. And, <laughs> and, uh, we got some good reviews. We got some good reviews. It was just more so it was like a time where like none of them were really looking to sign, and, which is okay. It happens. Um, you know, I rather honestly, I rather labels like focus on the bands they sign and you know take up too much of it. It's like you become like you know nothing to them. But Fred is like, right. hey, I had this idea. I've had this idea for a long time. I really want to put it. I really want to like do it. Um, I really want to start a label. I really want to start like a collective thing where I'm like artists helping artists. And uh, doing things one genuinely and two, just like all of us helping each other out. And I became heading East Records. And that's who we, you know, we were on the first releases on there. I think one of the first three bands. And uh, yeah, couldn't be happier, man. Fred's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he seems like, you know, obviously I've never met the guy. I've just like paid attention to his music and heard him on on other podcasts and stuff. But seems like a guy that's just like genuinely into the music for the music, right? Oh, and the story yeah. even, even seems like that even more so. So it's cool that you got a, 
you get to be on on a label with him and he you know he's he was like a, a big part of this latest ep cutting teeth and all that kind of stuff so that's that's sick um go like looking at this 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 ep which um i look at the i'm gonna look at the the track list here so i don't miss anything you got you know seasons yeah. colder shutter stay pony golden boy dollar store christ i really liked that one um <laughs> in translation uh you sent me the lyrics over for stay pony golden boy specifically because like you know I, I talk about different things whether it's yeah socially or or just about music industry stuff or politically or whatever else on this podcast sometimes and like this this um song i was reading through the lyrics and listening to it again today because i you know we we haven't talked about this yet but this 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 scheduling of this podcast has been a pretty long time coming between both you and i this is like the fourth time we tried to schedule it so i've listened to these songs a lot because i'm front for it like three different times right um uh uh, and i've also just put it on my on my playlist and listened to it in the car and everything else too but but um you know the lyrics do really just paint a picture i think of you know there's been a lot of talk lately on social media if you look on twitter from you know from from some bigger name artists or yeah. or you know wherever actually you else, know you told you me know. all about it i say off twitter <laughs> oh okay so so you know uh i'll i'll i'll, I'll name I'm drop it because i'm I, you know but but yeah well that's the way to go because twitter's a hellscape but but um yeah uh you know as an example because he wouldn't care because he talks about this on his own podcast and stuff but i uh, he puts it out all over social media but craig reynolds um the drummer craig for reynolds from the past. is the man i he love is the craig man. his um, podcast dude like if i have a bad I, day i listen to the downbeat and i just oh fucking yeah laugh. yeah yeah <laughs> you just laugh your ass off right he should be a comedian he, he, he had talked about doing stand-up at one point i know he should do it um but uh uh he's been kind of drop you know dropping some some truths on people that maybe aren't yeah. in the music industry much on like the reality of like kind of mm-hmm. the the fraud that can be involved in the music industry, anything from like monthly listeners on Spotify to yep. like people getting mad at the price of, of bands merch at shows yeah. to, to whatever else. And like people like to blame bands or have this like weird idea on like mm-hmm. what is important, what isn't important and what bands even have control over. Yep. And, and like that all came out within the last couple of weeks that he's been doing that more and more. And I was looking through the song today and the lyrics and I like, it really kind of coincides with that stuff where like, just on like the, the emotional level of, um, you know, the song, at least to me, you could tell me if I'm wrong, but like, like to me, like the lyrics of it, when I was reading through it and listening to it, um, and your vocal delivery on it is awesome. Perfectly encapsulates the song. It's, I think um, it's one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it strikes the chord for sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just about how like the music industry has really, and it's, it's, it's not like always nefarious people. It's more of like the system that it is. Right. But like, um, it can't be nefarious people, but just like people wanting to do something because it's their dream. Right. And like, you're just like, so excited to, to be a part of this thing that you've probably like just been so ecstatic of for so long. Mm -hmm. And then as you go along, like, and you, you see these things, you know, you can be so beaten down by like the reality of the industry aspect yeah. of music. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, if you don't mind, like, do you want to speak a little bit? I mean, I might've summed it up there. I might not have, but do you want to speak a little bit about what that song is about? What kind of yeah. got um, you to, to write that song? If you remember, I know it's quite a bit ago now. Yeah, right? no, but, I actually do this. I, I remember the song vividly because I was having a lot of trouble writing lyrics for cutting teeth because like I was trying to like really like evolve and I was, you know, kind of writing like, 
some of the guys like I would write lyrics and some of the guys would point out like, no, you already said this on a, on like martyr. You you already did like this type of pattern. You did this type of phrasing. Like, and I was having a hard time actually seasons colder is a lot about like not knowing what to write and just kind of yeah. the struggle of going through that. Um, but and not that we can talk about that later, but with say pony, that was one of the first songs that like it all came off the dome and it was like something I've been wanting to talk about minus like, I want to say I wrote like 80% of that song minus like the, the part that Chris wrote where it's like, um, what's the lyrics uh second highs and second chances like that part chris wrote that mm-hmm. and which was cool because all of us like really took a hand in like re- writing the lyrics like it wasn't just on me or tristan right it was nice but um the main idea from the song like i started like so we did um an emo night kind of cover show one time at a venue near us and the show like the show sold out like it was like a small like hundred something cap venue like I, I, it was a brewery I, I used to book at and it did really good. It did really good. Um, and yeah, it was, it was awesome. We would do like covers and we would throw in like our own, our own like originals. And, uh, then we got invited to DJ emo night LA with, uh, Matt and Casey from the wonder years. And that's how we met Matt and Matt actually did girls night our one single. Um, so oh, yeah, that's kind of how that started. But right after those times, like they were maybe like within like three months of each other right after those times that's when a lot of people were like asking us to like our show offers were turning into emo night show offers or playing like this emo night at this bar and you know like when emo nights and stuff were like first a thing it was kind of just like emo night la doing it and then like all these other people started doing it and it just kind of felt like that was like what was like suffocating like the scene a little bit and you know i don't mean like in a in a bad way because i think that stuff you know, personally, I do think that stuff is cool. I do think it's like a fun time. And I believe people have every right to have fun however they want to do it. But however, like it was just like all our show offers were turning into emo nights and like we're not a cover band, you know, we're an actual band band and we want to play actual shows. Um and actually little Chicago reference. I don't know if you ever listen to the band Kingmaker. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Dude, okay. Red shorts, those lyrics, like I love this music. I hate these kids. <laughs> like yeah, that, yeah. K- Red Shorts was one of the songs that really inspired Say Pony. Like I've always wanted to write a song about that type of stuff. And to me, um Stay Pony turned into this song that like, especially the beginning, like a perfect painted picture that I can never get. I've fallen for an aesthetic. I can I've fallen for an aesthetic that can never love me back. It's like <laughs> I love this music and it's doing like I, I want all of it. I want the look. I want the feeling. I want the personality. But what's it going to do back for me? Or right. you know, you're seeing like, look, I love emo music. I love our genre. I love being able to talk about like emotion and like all those things. But we do not deserve to be sad forever. Like right. me, right. as much as I love nostalgia and like you know tell all your friends is a great freaking record and like all that type of stuff. We, we would do a disservice to ourselves as people. If we stayed at the bottom and did not do like the proper things to like, you know, get us out there and, you know, bring us up and grow and just overall enjoy, you know, this time we have on planet earth. And right. Um, so a lot of that song, like, it's about like, I, you know, it's, it's about when you fall in love for that aesthetic, you fall in love for that scene, you fall in love for like that music. And it just doesn't like, you know, love you back in the same way. And it's like, you know, one is taking your money. Anytime you have a happy thought, you're like, no, I should be sad. I'm emo. I'm this and that. And you're like the middle of the song, actually, like it in the middle of the song, it, it's so, like story wise to me, like 
the fill up my cup. Actually, fun fact, it's a little Asher Roth reference. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, and I was just thinking, like, fill up my cup. Let's get fucked up. Like, I was thinking of that. <laughs> yeah. and I did fill up a cup, whatever's house and cheap. Is this really everything? And to me, like, I almost picture, like, being at, shout out Voltage Lounge in Philly. I, I when I write lyrics like, like that, like, I kind of, like, picture a place. Um, and yeah. Voltage Lounge in Philly, it's like being at the bar and you're just like, yo, give me, like, a, you know a pbr or like whatever's house whiskey I and mean, then you're kind of always looking around like damn you know i do this all the time is this really everything there is to it right right so yeah that makes yeah. a lot of sense the song um, yeah so go ahead, go ahead i think i think i i think i summed it up but the song is just about like i love everything i love this scene i love this all but like it you know it's just i i don't know i i i, I guess how do you, how do you think about the song? How do you think about it? So I, that, that's, that, that fits a lot with it. So like, I was thinking it, something along those lines that like, I don't know. I, it's, it's funny. Cause like you reference all that stuff and it totally makes sense. And I did get like that aspect of it. And I also yeah. like, you look at, like, I looked at those lines, like the, the first ones you said, like a perfect painted picture that I can never get. I fall for an aesthetic that will never love me back. Like that fits both with what you were talking about. And I also felt like it fit with like a bigger, and and it's fine. This is where people get different things out of different songs, yeah. uh, out of the same song. Where like it also is one of those things of just like I felt like similarly, um, like the struggle of of like doing something you love, like this kind of music that is very like I don't know. It's, it, there's something about it that just like why people love it. It hits you in the gut. It's like people are fanatical about it in the ways that sometimes they're not about other yeah. kinds of music for a reason, right? But at the same time, like there's so many barriers to actually enjoying it when you're in a band right like there's so many stressors there's so many things that make it feel like kind of still what you're talking about but just from a different side of things that like yeah you know it's sometimes like you get you can get lost in the noise of everything that's frustrating you with the actual reality of being in this that that like you can lose some of what you love about it in the process or like it could, in the moment it can be so frustrating right like that's yeah. what i got out of it which is like a, a similar similar thing to what you actually wrote about it right like that's, yeah and that's actually speaking of, of that like <laughs> now going back sorry i'm i'm the i, I love crediting the guys and sometimes i'm the worst at it so uh, i want to say 70 70 percent of the lyrics to me 30 percent of the lyrics for chris because now i remember this uh the, in the part before the last part he does like there's so, like something i can't for or I don't know. He, <laughs> trying to remember how he does like the lyrics. It's something I can't forget. It comes out the well, best. Like, no, it comes out the worst, but I need it. It's like that yeah. frustration you're talking about. Like it's that yeah. frustration. Like it hits you, but then you're like, Oh, I need this, but I'm frustrated. It's like, man, yeah. like, like I said, I love this music. I hate everything else about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think that's such a, just, it's a good, pretty universal topic. I think yeah. for people, whether you're just like a huge fan of the music or, um, and not one of those t- toxic people that maybe the song can be a bit about that can make you frustrated about the music um, yeah. or you're, or you're in a band, like, you know, people start writing music like this because you're, you know, it connects to you and you're just like I said about about like releasing stuff even right where like yeah. you're just focused on the actual making of the songs and wanting to perform them live and it's all the noise around it and a lot of times anymore it's all the like all the things you feel like you have to do just to be in a band that like grows or yeah. even like gets people to shows or, or or you get in front of new faces or whatever else that like you can get so lost in like the day-to-day or week-to-week bullshit that you're like like this is really taking away from 
why I want to do this in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, absolutely. so, so it's kind of like a very universal uh, song that I think anyone that's like passionate about anything art wise can really get something out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's coming from someone who I, you know, every day I work in the music industry and I mean, it's great. I love it. And I love being around music. I feel like I'm somewhere where I actually like want to be, but you know, that doesn't mean there's isn't things that like tick me off about it or like there's things I don't like, or, you know, in times where I'm like, like, you know, uh, sometimes if I have a full-time work week, I'm in front of a stage five, maybe six days a week. And then it's like, there's that one show that's happening on one of my days I'm off and maybe I'll go, but do I want is like, I need to reset and not be near a yeah. PA speaker or like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also save your ears probably, I, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love being able to pay like my 10, 15 bucks at the door, go in, buy a beer, enjoy a show. I love doing right. that. I also love just having a moment of freaking silence. <laughs> there was like a point oh, where yeah. I was like, man, I've been at a show for every day for two weeks. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. My ears would be blown out. I get tinnitus as it is from being at like, <laughs> just, yeah. be, just being at a very seldom one. Right. But like yeah. I, I was talking to actually another guy who did the first episode of this podcast um, from his band in Michigan, a metalcore band, Wholeheart. Yeah. Where like, we're like the problem with, with being in a band and, and you're also so passionate about music is like, I don't know, like you end up, you know, you, you, you want to be supportive of the scene and you want to be supportive of like an up and coming band or a band you haven't heard of or a friend's band or whatever else. But like, we, we all work, right? Like people work, people like, or especially you, you're in a loud music, live music place all the time. Or even if you're not, you're working some regular job. And like the one time you can get it in you to go, be at a live performance it yeah. might be your band <laughs> you exactly. know what i mean and then it's yeah. like and then, and then you're like you know he he was like he was like uh and, and alec if he hears this is like such a sweet guy mm. but he was he was like he was just like i you know like i feel bad sometimes i realize like i want people to support me more than i'm realizing i'm supporting them just because like i'm burnt out from everyday life yeah. right mm. like and it's just how it goes especially when you know so many bands especially yours or other bands like yours were like you're uh you're like a very active you know you're an active band yeah. but it, it's it's you're not at the level of a lot of the older bands or the more legacy bands that like that's your that's your job right you have so many other things you have to do that it's like it's essentially you know a second at least a second part-time job that you're doing that you love yeah, dude, like i'm not is. saying we're all sitting it here is. complaining you know but like you're doing that and then you hope you break even on what you're what you're doing and that's a whole other side of things or whatever else yeah. and um and that's where like burnout and everything else you just listed, man, like th- those emo night things are such a double edged sword because I'm, I'm not a hater on nostalgia, right? Yeah. Like I think nostalgia is a fun thing. Cover sets occasionally could be a fun thing. People get engaged to it. It's a good way to get your band out there, maybe to people or something. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, that's not what you're trying to do. And I could find, I could totally see that being like, are we like, is this like, are people trying to make a, like this be what we do? And it's like, no, that's not why I got into playing music. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for going through that. Yeah. Again, um, anyone listening, uh, say pony golden boy off cutting teeth. Very, very good song. I, I love the lyrics and the performance of it and the instrumentals and everything else. Um, there is one other song on this record that I don't actually have the lyrics to, but I listened to it a bunch. I wonder if you could maybe go into it better if there's any other ones after this too you'd want to mm-hmm. but um the song right after that on the ep dollar store christ i yeah. thought was interesting because like you know this this record does have a lot of ebb and flow from like the the heavier vocals to, to more you know melodic style whatever else um 
but that, that song, I don't know. There's something about the lyrics that I obviously couldn't type them all out when I was listening to it. Cause I listened to music 95% of the time yeah. in the car, but, but, uh, um, what was the, you know, what was the kind of thought or the, the concept behind that song and, mm-hmm. um, what kind of got you to write, write that one? Yeah, actually it's funny. I think I wrote, I don't know. I didn't write that much of it. Actually. That was more of a oh, okay. Tristan song. That was like a more of like a, a I'm trying to think of like who exactly wrote what on it. I think we all kind of had a part, but I feel like Tristan was the main driving force be- behind that song, if I'm not mistaken. So he might be able to, like, if he was on the podcast, if he was in the room, he would, he would, you know, tell you a whole book about it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it kind of comes from a place of like, like, you know, like cutting teeth was definitely a pandemic record. Um, and <laughs> there was definitely like things like going on politically, like when it comes to, like, you know, news on all the time. And, you know, we're in this age that like, we're constantly like, you know, on our phones, like seeing like what's going on in the world and it makes the world so much of a smaller place when it is a really big place, but you know, it it brings it right to you. And I think we've all had our fair share of like arguing with like parents and like loved ones about like, you know, what's on TV and like, you know, the emotions that come with that. And, you know, it's a dollar store crisis mainly just kind of about like those um, interactions that, you know, you have with like your parents or your family or just like people like, not like strangers on the internet, but like those people in like your immediate, immediate circle, like, or like your aunts, your uncles, like you can't go to a family party the same, or you can't go to Thanksgiving the same (laughs) way because you know, someone's talking about like this and that. And it's just, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I would say that's probably like the main, like, uh, main gist of the song. I don't want to, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Cause, cause you know, I didn't didn't really write that much of it, but dude, it's one of my favorite songs too. And that's fuck that song fucking bangs. That's like, the beginning is like balance and composure and the end is like stick to your guns counterparts. Like that is the shit yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, that's one thing that's really cool about this record is like when I first listened through it, um, cause I, I, I want to say, cause the first time I heard your, your band was not from that EP. It was from something, you know, a couple of years ago when I first joined the group, maybe or so, I don't remember to be honest, but, um, but, uh, I was listening through it and, you know, from the first couple of songs and everything else, just like the ebb and flow of it that you guys do kind of like what you referenced to with the, the start of the band where you guys had these kind of different influences. You can really hear that even in their, your newest EP that like I was hearing it and I was like, Oh, okay. This is like a I'm trying to think of like a good example of like a classic post-hardcore band, but like, you know what I mean? Like this is like a, like, kind of cool noodly riffs with somebody like ripping screams over the top of it. And like, this is great. And then like the next thing I hear, yeah, you reference balance and composure. You yeah. hear like kind of that like emo indie vibe that they would, or the kind of like emo revival music that they made in it. And I was like, Oh, I was not expecting that just yeah. like, but it, it flowed really well. So that's, that's, what's cool. I about cleaned it. It's on like that song too. Like I clean, like, yeah. like I've only cleaned song. I, there's like, there are like three songs in the EP I, I clean song on. And like, that was like one of them. Like I do like subtle, like I, I do some of the lines, like the chorus and like the verses and like, yeah, no, it's a very flowy, like indie rock vibe. And it just, at the end, it just gets heavy as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Like, it's good to have that ebb and flow because I forget it might've been, um, it might, I, yeah, it was, it was Landon tours from the plot in you. That, Dude, like, Landon always is referenced, sick. I love Landon. I, yeah. And, and he referenced something. It was forever ago um, where he was like, people were asking why they changed their music so much or whatever else with their last couple of releases, which I absolutely love. But he brought up a good point that he was like, if you're always heavy, if you're always at a hundred, like there's nowhere to go. Like it doesn't yeah. feel 
like you need dynamics and you need you need the ebb and flow and like for an ep for a five song ep you guys have a lot of that on this so again like anybody listening i'm trying to get better at talking to people that aren't here when i'm doing these podcasts i'm getting there yeah. but, but anybody listening like whether you're more into like the kind of emo revival um melodic music or, or like post hardcore have you with some breakdowns whatever else like this ep does have something in it that you'll definitely get out of so um again uh uh, thanks so much for, for, for talking about this, Billy. I really appreciate it. Um, anything, uh, cause this came out in 2022, obviously that's not that long ago. Um, yeah, are you guys working was on any new- August, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or so it was end so- of July. It was, I don't know. I forget. I forget what it was. Cause I know our, I know the release show was like August and I think it was like the first, like, I don't know, July or August. One of the two. I forget. I, I can't think of it right now. <laughs> right. So, so a pretty recent release. Um, but you got, you said you're always working on new music. Have you guys worked on anything recently? Is there any, any thought behind that? Or are you guys kind of just hitting the ground running with these songs live when you can and all those yeah, kind of things? So, um, trying to think, I mean, We've been playing shows lately, uh, like after Cutting Teeth, we did like a four day run and then we played Underground Arts at the Color Fred and we actually just played Kung Fu Necktie with freaking uh, Boys of Fall. Great band. Yeah, I saw that. That's so sick. Yo, yo, that show sold out. We did not know what to expect. And it was a reschedule from July. Shit sold out. Those guys were awesome. Uh, They we went to it. We bumped into each other at the same cheese place, offered us to sit at their table, talk to us. Like they were like a genuinely good, cool, like everything you can say about a good band is, is them. I, 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 th- I think they're awesome. Um, yeah. And, uh, oh, and around that same, around like last time too, we played Kawanashi, we played Kawanashi on one of their like, uh, never home days. And like that sold out. And like, that was like, cool. That was at Phil Mocha in Philly. Like we on, we were just on the streak of like playing shows and, uh, um, we definitely sat down to try to like flush some ideas out. And, uh, I mean, it, the, the process is starting, like we're, we're starting to think about it. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but like, sometimes we of go, course. like, you know, sometimes we go into the studio and we're like a little too over-prepared and we're kind of thinking like, maybe we can go in a little less prepared and kind of see what can come out of us in the moment. So, yeah, I don't know. We, we do have, we do have, we do have ideas. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what goes. I think we're trying to go into studio sometime this spring and uh, see what it, see what see what us and uh, I don't I don't want to say I'm going to say Papa Fred. <laughs> I don't have a funny nickname for him yet. I don't want to call him that. I don't know. But, you know, see, see what we can all cook up. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's sick. And yeah, like, um, I, I just, you know, you said you guys are always working on things. So I figured I'd ask that's, that's great. Those shows, like, that's the way to go too, man. Like talking about like getting out to people, there's still 2023. Mm. I, just, I still think there's nothing better to, I just know this as a fan of music, yeah. um, there's still nothing better than opening for a bigger band that will like makes sense for your music to to get new listeners and to yeah. kind of get your name out there right so like those two shows that's that's like uh, that you just referenced like that's that's like just a perfect oh dude perfect yeah. encapsulation that like live shows are still the way to go if you do it right when it comes to promotion and all that kind of stuff even in the digital age we're in you know what i mean yeah <laughs> Um, all right. So, so, uh, before, uh, this has been great. So before I, I let you go, I'm going to ask you two questions. I've been doing this off and on with some, some bands. I'm trying to like flesh out some kind of weird thing to do at the end. Every other podcast that's better than mine does it. So I figured I'd try, but, um, first, uh, first one I would do, this would probably be a good one for you guys since like it could, it could manifest at some point. Right. Um, if you're the opening band of a three band bill, 
right? Like, so it could be any band. It, it could be a like it could be a band that's no longer around if you want. It could be okay. bands that are like hitting it strong now. If you could open for like the perfect dream two band bill, what or three band bill, two two other bands, whether it was a tour or a one off show, whatever else. Uh, who would you want to? Uh, who would you want to open for? I know it's a Fuck. tough question, man. <laughs> no, I gotta I gotta look at my wall real quick. I gotta look at my stuff. Um. Dude, fuck, man! What this? This is such a sick question. Uh, <laughs> it's weird because there's some bands that, like we've opened for that like I've wanted to open for. Uh, yeah, so, could be them again. Could be them again. You know what nah, I mean? I don't know. I, I mean, some of those. I don't know. Let me think. Let me. I gotta think. Uh, there. Okay, from my perspective, Thursday and Piano's we got a T, but we can play with those two bands. I'm in. Um, I know those, for some of the other guys, sick. it might be like LS Dunes or uh, I don't know. Um, Coheed and Cambria would be kind of sick. <laughs> All those bands le- named are are great, but for for you, you'd say you would say Pianos Become the Teeth, and you say Thursday, right? Yeah, I would kill it up. Yeah, for yeah, Thursday. yeah. That would be that would be sick, and that would work for your guys' music a lot too. So that's really cool. And then this one's a little tougher actually. So this is going to be even worse, but, (laughs) but say, say hypothetically, I think this one's a little more fun though, to be honest. Um, hypothetically, you're not in this band, right? You do the vocals you do, or you could do something else, whatever else you could play bass if you wanted to, but, um, you're not in your band hypothetically, but you can have any, like, it's like the dream roster. Like you're, you're, you're pulling, say you have a five piece band, um, from any of your favorite bands that you listen to, whatever else, who would you pull into your band? Say so you're, you know, you're the vocalist. You could pull in any guitar player, bass, drummer, whatever. Who would you pull into to make your dream band? Fuck, dude, I've never thought about this question ever. Never <laughs> thought about this. There's too many good people. There's too many amazing freaking people. I don't know, man. You're fuck. This is like. I feel like I feel like I'm building aisles and glaciers right now. Like that's what I think. Yeah, that's kind of what it ends up being with everybody I've talked to about it. No worries. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, I don't know because all right, let's think about drums. If I were to do drums, I'm like I have records over here. I'm like looking at these records. Like if I had drums, I don't know. I mean, dude, I'm in a, I'm in a band with those people already. Like you know, like I'm in a band. That could be like, the answer, know. man. Yeah. That could be the answer. I mean, you know, listen, yeah. if Dahlia ever gets back together and need a third vocalist, hit me up. But like, you know, like, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. honestly, no. I'm I, I I'm in the I'm in a band of some of my favorite musicians ever. And uh, yeah, to me, like, I don't know. That's why I don't even think about those questions because I'm like, nah, dude, these guys are talented as shit, and uh, they're my best friends. And yeah. you know what? They'll, they'll they'll enjoy that if they hear this. That'll be the right answer anyway for the PR yeah, for the band. I, I'm so like <laughs> show because like, I'm making sure I get all the credits right because like I don't you know I do a lot of the lyric writing and stuff. Like I do more of like the booking and like all that type of side. So like I'm like I'm like in my head I'm like all right, did I get these credits right? <laughs> so I hope they hear that and they're like. All right, you get to pass. <laughs> uh, they'll fact check it. They'll yell at us later, right? It'll be fine. No, but, exactly. But again, uh, Billy, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, one more thing, um, if you can plug, or two more things, I guess. If you can, if you can plug where to find your band, whether it's you know your band camp, whatever else, or socials. Yeah. Um, and uh, and tell me what song we're gonna play at the end of this for for Ooh. people to hear at the end. Ooh, okay. So. Uh... Where our name is spelled kind of like, like we always like spell it like AMO, right? It's, it's kind of like Deftones, like Deftones. Uh, we had a little name issue. So uh, the O on Spotify and like all that is actually a zero, MySpacey, 
MySpace. Yes. Um, trying to maybe one day, maybe one day I'll be fixed, but who knows? So when you go on stuff at a m zero r a p a, that's on everything. You can do Facebook, Instagram. We even use we even have a Twitter. I don't really use it because uh, you know, dude, Twitter is accessible and uh, that scares me. <laughs> and you know, um, but yeah, you can find us everywhere on with that in and of itself and then um what was the second oh wait what okay what song are we playing at the end of this right yep dude honestly stay poetic going on boy that song just goes right in no intro no nothing just bam and we we talked about it'd be good for people to hear kind of where we're coming from on that and all that kind of stuff so that sounds good so we'll play that song uh, slaps Sorry. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay, stay Pony Golden Boy off the EP Cutting Teeth from Amora. Uh, Billy, thanks so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate hey, it. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me, Brandon.